Hey, Bastin. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Yo, Red Bank, New Jersey. Jay and Silent Bob are gonna snooch to your motherfucking nooch. I don't even know what that means. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater on October 8th. Special guest, tell them Steve Day. Get your tickets at CountBasieTheater.org. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater, October 8th in Red Bank. Word. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob get old, live in New York, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. What's going on, year 2011? Matt Cohen here from the future. Oh, shit, you didn't expect that, did you? Why would you? You live in a time where time travel isn't uh, readily available yet, nor is inter-time dimensional communication which is what's going on right now they call it intertime dimensional communication you may think i i'm not saying that right but that's what they call it in the future how would you know you live in the past and i look 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 we got off to a bad start 
Why am I, hey, why is Matt Cohen talking to me from the future before I listen to a podcast in the present, which he's on also, and why? how does he sound the same? A, uh, this shit don't crack, you know what I mean? And B, I'm talking to you from the future because I'm your friend. I want to help you out. I've been your friend throughout the last foreseeable years. I know this because I'm in the future and I know what happens. Uh, don't even ask me about television because I don't want to give out spoiler alerts, all right? And speaking of spoiler alerts, I don't want to tell you what happens with the world, but let me clue you in on something. All that money you guys are worried about, you know, oh no, Obamanomics and, and high income tax for the rich and what, oh, what's going to happen with the stock exchange? None of it matters because here's what happens in about 20 years or so. And again, I don't want to spoil the exact date because I want to keep it fun for you guys. Money goes out the window. Psh, it means nothing. We don't need it anymore. The gold it was based on gets melted down and turned into grills, and everyone wears grills now. But that that doesn't matter because everyone wears them in the world, so it's kind of devalued. I'll tell you what becomes our new system of bartering and economy in, in, in the bright, beautiful future. Comic books and comic book swag. And here's what I would do if I were you. If I had a time machine. See, I don't have a time machine. I just have... At the ability to talk to people in the past through the means of uh, podcasting. But if I did have a time machine, I would go back to, I don't know, the year 2011, and I would head down to Golden Apple Comics. That's right, Golden Apple Comics serving Hollywood for over 25 years, and the Hollywood area, of course. And you could find them online at goldenapplecomics.com on the internet, which, which still existed, I believe, in 2011. I, again, no spoiler alerts, but enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, go to goldenapple.com and just hoard yourself on comic books and, and comic book merchandise. They got t-shirts. They got action figures. They got rare signed stuff. They have crazy events where you can meet the creators, get stuff signed, and then hoard it. Because in about, oh, I don't know. 30 to 40 or so years again no spoiler alerts you're gonna want those comic books because then you're gonna use them to trade for food for your family so they don't die of dysentery which is rampaging all over uh the western hemisphere dysentery is like oh so annoying at this point with the dysentery i wish i had more comic books so i could buy goods and medicine if only in the year 2011 i'd gone to golden apple comics and stocked me up i would have been set so folks Take a tip from the future, head to Golden Apple Comics, get some comic books, get some t-shirts, get some, some mini busts, because all of those things in the future is what the world thrives on, and you're going to be in the future, huh? Exactly. That's a message from me, Sergeant at Arms, Matt Cohen. That's another whole story, but goldenapplecomics.com. Check them out. Save your future. And welcome to Bagged and Boarded, ladies and gentlemen. I am Matt Cohen. How are you all doing this fine evening and or day? It doesn't, you can listen anytime you want. It's the fucking beauty of a podcast. It could be 2022 and like the world is ravaged by atomic stuff and like there are North Koreans everywhere. There are 12 billion North Koreans and cockroaches. That's all that's left. And yet you're listening back into the archives of Bagged and Boarded. Good on you. Uh, I am 
A quick hop, skip, and jump from my usual recording spot over at Golden Apple Comics on Melrose. Uh, oh, one sec here. Matt Cruz is alerting me. We have some noise. We're going to switch places right now. Our thankful, uh, thankfully, we got Cruz here engineering to save this fucking catastrophe. Uh, we are not at Golden Apple Comics today. We are literally right next door at uh, Gallery 1988 here on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles. And we have a fine show in store for you today. I might have just given away who we're talking to because of where we are, but let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know him from his rap work as Hot Carl. You may know him as the dude with the awesome Millhouse tattoo and the Morgan Spurlock Simpsons doc. You may know him as the owner and provider of Gallery 1988, the coolest art gallery in all of geekdom, and you probably know him now as the host of Get On Up. Get on up. Get up. Get up You're on this. You're a horrible this. advertiser. I fucked that up. You're a horrible advertiser. Get up on this. I want on all the, of uh, my advertising money <laughs> On this podcast now. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Jensen Carp. What Hello. Up, it's Get Up On This. Get Up On This. With Jensen it's Carp. It's a tongue twister. Man. Yeah. And there's no. not even an S in it. You're, so like a, sh- you're like a white grandpa. I shouldn't be lisping it. <laughs> Learning yeah, yeah, yeah. hip-hop terms for the first time. I'm cute. Well, we'll get into <laughs> hip-hop, dude. You yeah. are a hip-hop aficionado like Mr. Cruz here. Yeah, I feel like that might be my, my super like talent. Like that's is, my superhero thing. Is that you know a lot about hip hop, or yeah. is that you're good? Which is at like it? a total super bummer because there's so many things I would rather know more about. What but, What are your other subjects that you would rather be an expert in? Oh, I don't know, astrophysics. Really? Um, anything? I other feel like than you hip-hop? could have a more fun life, but astrophysics is so fucking niche and boring, and like you can't. No, roll up not your... as niche as knowing when a kid who's 19 releases a mixtape in <laughs> in Harlem. It, I, I don't have to know. But every... that kid might blow up. One uh, he day, usually man. does. You he know usually what I does. Mean? Yeah. It, but that doesn't give you anything. It's not like just because I knew you know a, a certain rapper before he comes out doesn't necessarily mean that I get you know a, a foot in the door. Do you get that satisfaction, though, of, like, every YouTube... You see all the YouTube comments, usually when there's a new band, and someone will go, oh, I heard them five years ago, I heard them eight years ago. You're that dude. You're yes. very up on yes, stuff. Yes, I'm Hence that the dude. name of Hence your podcast. Yes. I am that dude, but I don't take any, like, anger or anything when someone blows up. The reason I like them originally is because I figure they're going to blow up, because everyone should like them. Now, have there ever been people who have blown up, like, that you've known about when they started, and yeah. have blown up massively that you were shocked about, and kind of like, what the fuck? I think Kanye rapping... Kanye producing has always been, I I was one of his first checks. Well, let's, let's go, let's jump back a little bit before you, you kind of started off, uh, in the entertainment industry as a rapper yourself. Sort of, yeah. I mean, in a weird Forrest Gumpy Zelig way, I was, uh, at USC studying film. If only Forrest Gump rapped in that movie. Well, he might. And what a one best picture. There's some rappers that could arguably be called Forrest Gump now. (laughs) Um, but I was at USC and, uh, studying film and I entered a radio contest. Um, literally as a joke. Uh, I had been in a kid rap group that was signed to Ice T's Rhyme Syndicate when I was like 11 or 12, and that just kind of soured me to everything. So I was just like, I don't really want to do this. You're anymore. from Cali originally, right? Yeah, yeah so, I grew up so here. rap was a big, big part of not in my hometown, not but, in your hometown, but in LA. Yeah, like NWA obviously came out in '88, and all these groups that were sort of. But you're not from Compton originally. I, well, here's the thing: I'm from a place called Calabasas, which is a lot which like Compton in a sense that they both Compton. start with C. Absolutely, yeah. and they're both in Los Angeles. Yeah, they're, they're in California. That also is a similar similarity between them people are in both of them too there you go those are also uh, they both have 7-elevens I, I don't know if Compton has a 7-eleven I don't actually. know but the people look a lot different I, between Calabasas I will give you and, that yeah. the demographics are different yeah so I mean I grew up in a town where hip-hop was not you know that important we had bands like Incubus and and uh and Linkin Park and groups that those were, were local those were yeah those local are local groups? bands okay yeah, right yeah. on um and Hoobastank uh, so cla- you got the, the classic the, the best Hall of, of Fame. everything. Yeah, Every, yeah, yeah the absolutely. classic Hall of Fame band, Hoobastank, also from our hometown. Um, so basically, I I would 
kind of get my hip hop influence from shows like UMTV Raps or tours that were coming into town, and I was really the only white kid there at any of these shows. Did and, you have? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Did you have a big rap radio station out here? Because I'm from New York, and we had Hot 97. Yeah, so. well, people say K Day, but for me, it was always Power 106. Was Power it. And 106. the beat, the beat out here was where I got founded. So I, I think like the, between those two stations. Were, were, were kind of a thing. And it was a radio contest that I called in while I was at SC and, uh, it was a joke and it was called the roll call and I would battle someone with like four lines and I'd do it three times and, and I did it as a joke and Hawk Carl, which is the name I took on, was just a last minute thing because they were like, well, you need a name. And I was like, well, if I fuck up and they hear Jensen, I'll, everyone will make fun of me. So I was like, <laughs> we should do, I just, a name that came to mind was Hawk Carl. Had there been a lifetime of, of Jen- Jensen's, a, it's a badass name if My, you uh, can rock it, right? Parents, yeah, hippie parents. But it's a rough name if you can't, right? Sure. I mean, young, it's like George Jetson or whatever. But once you get a little older, just people are like, what's your first name? You know, they just keep asking. And you it's, a remember, it's a memorable name. You never have. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. girls, if you screw over a girl in one town, you can't get away with it. Like How many another Jensen's? T- There's you and the dude on Supernatural. And I don't even think that's his real name. Really? Yeah, he I don't fucking, think Jensen Eccles. Stage name? Yeah, I think his name's like Steve. Wow, right yeah. on, man. So you got, you're the you're the innovator on it. You really are up on the edge. Uh, I'm up on my name. Yeah, I'm up on my name. No, but yeah. I won this radio contest and I ended up, the guy before me had won like 10 days as the like highest bat- ever. Battling? Yeah, I battled someone every day and it's mostly 14 year olds. It was, I mean, I, I looked at his like a joke and I ended up winning like 43 days in a row and I had to retire on my own because <laughs> of college, because SC I had finals. Um, and when I walked out of the studio, it literally became like a bidding war for this record so you, contract. You were going into the studio. You went in they started every inviting day me. for yeah. 45 days. Yeah. I mean, they hadn't gone past 10. So after 10, they were like, what are we going to do? Like this kid keeps winning. And so they would invite me in the studio and I was 20 years old. So I would bring like USC cheerleaders one day or <laughs> I would bring pinatas another day. I was just trying to make like good radio um, and ridiculous shit going on in this rap genre, which is just so stereotypically forced and no kid who's going to USC is winning. Were rap there battles. many white kids in the, in the battles? Like? I, who knows? They were all on the phone. Oh, so you don't even know who we you were know. battling I was against. like the first one to be face to face. Oh, that's awesome, dude. We yeah, ended yeah. up having an all-time championships later, like in El Segundo or somewhere. And Which I is where up, you have all, all, all rap battles all that rap up in El Segundo, happen, yeah. uh, cause our wallets are in there. Championships. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, I ended up winning that, but you saw all the other kids and they were super young. <laughs> so were you kind were you a little bit like <laughs> yeah, happy, I, embarrassed? Like, I was like, you know Billy, I mean? Billy Madison slapping the ball away from the kids while they're trying to like score. Yeah, yeah, I felt yeah. totally that way, but it was <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, and I won the all time. And then a bidding war between all these record labels, and I ended up going with Interscope. And you can get it on iTunes. It's uh, it's under Hawk Carl. And so I, you did you put out you were signed under Interscope Records yeah. at twenty something, twenty years old. Yeah, that's pretty insane, dude. For yeah. a white kid from Calabasas named Jensen. Yeah, it was a million signed. dollar record deal. Yeah, wow, dude. Yeah, from crazy. from straight battling. So you put out a record with Interscope, and on that record, getting back to Kanye. Yes. You work, and th- I don't know if Wik- my producer Wikipedia is Wikipedia accurate. Wikipedia is always right. Okay, great. <laughs> so we'll just give the list of people who were, and, yeah. and it's, uh, your housekeeper hates you? That was the working title, yeah. Okay. It ended up being called something else legally. It's called like, um, the, uh, it's called I Like to Read on, okay. on I- iTunes, but that's just legal stuff. Right. On, and, and the people listed as guest appearances are, you got Redman, Kanye West, Will I Am, DJ Quick, Fabulous, Maya, Sugar Ray, Self-Title, DJ Clue, and MC Surge. Yeah. Accurate? That's accurate. Fucking insane. Yeah, that's everybody. I accurate think that's everybody. And crazy. There's How somebody d- missing, right? So what year is this? Is this pre, like, we don't know who Kanye is No, yet? no one knows who Kanye is. I, I, I think I was his second check. I think his first check was Beanie Siegel, and then he met with me on, like, a Saturday, then he recorded with Ludacris on a Sunday. Not the Ludacris songs you know. It was another one. I, I, I heard it, but I don't remember where it went. But mm-hmm. Kanye, yeah, I got a beat CD, and I loved it, and it had H. Izzo on it and all these different things. Was, was he like, Kanye yet? 
like the person yeah yeah like we would go out to eat like we ended up becoming really close like he when he came out to la we'd hang out every time so we'd go eat and he would just and, and the waitress would come up and be like what would you guys like to eat and i like i'll get uh, a scramble and you know like i get mushrooms in it and he's like, yeah totally and then he's like i'm a rapper and she's like what and he's like i'm a rapper i rap and she's like oh okay cool and he's like would you like to hear me and like she's always in that position where it's like yeah, I have to hear you. Like, yeah, so how do you I turn can't down get out of this. You can't just, be like, yeah. no, give me your order. Like, it's the worst tip getting idea ever. So she was like, yeah. And then he would rap for like 12 bars and I'd be so embarrassed and I'd like want to run and scream. And he wasn't a very good rapper. If you listen to the early days of Kanye, he, he slurred everything. It was this like mace kind of delivery and I just never understood it. So when I did the song with that Redman... That lay back, almost fucking taking a nap, yeah, like mace sleeping. delivery. Yeah, yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah. and I missed every punchline. Like some of the stuff he would say is funny, but like I didn't get it because he was just like, like slurring it at the end. And so and I'm so punchline heavy that it's like important for me to hear the jokes. And so he, he was like, uh, he was like, yo, let me get on this song. It was me, Red Man of Fabulous. And, and uh, I was like, and I told my manager, I was like, he, don't have him ask me again. Cause I'm just going to say, no, I don't think he can rap. And so he's the guy in that song. If you do download it, he's the guy yelling blow in the hook. Kanye I, wouldn't him, yeah, I wouldn't let him rap on it. Kanye's so, your hype man. So yeah. obviously I have a very good ear. No, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worth millions of dollars. No, I, I just made it. I mean, he became a, when I heard him later, even on Through the Wire, which he barely could speak in, he started to pr- enunciate more. And I was like, Oh, this sounds good. And then we were still friends at that point, And, uh, I would tell him, this is getting a lot better. And then I heard John Legend was like, Jesus, this is really good. And then it started to all come together. Um, and by that point he was sort of skyrocketing. He was gone. Yeah. Already. He was gone. Yeah. 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 Did he stop returning calls or? I don't know. If, I think, oh, you know what's really funny is we just stopped talking naturally. Like it was one of those things like I was getting out of music and he was getting, getting huge in music. Me. So it's just like, ah, oh, we don't really. And then when I opened the art gallery, one thing that we had talked about a lot when we'd hang out is that he, he was an art student and he really wanted to get into drawing and painting. And that was really what he was like. I want to get into that. And he wanted to do his own mixtape art and all this stuff. And so when I opened the gallery, I called him and it was like, not like huge yet. It was like first album big. Right? Getting there though. Yeah. And so I leave a message on his machine that's like this. It just goes, Hey, Kanye. It's Hot Carl. It's Jensen. Well, I hope everything's good. I wonder what you're up to. I know what you're up to. All right, man. Well, this is awkward. Call me. And, like, and my of phone course, number. he called you it. immediately. No, no, call me. Yeah, it yeah. was so awful because I don't <laughs> usually. I think when you don't talk to someone, you're like, "Wonder what you're up to," and that just like instinctually came out of my mouth. But instead, I should have just been like, "You're the biggest artist in the world." Yeah, I know exactly what you're up to every <laughs> yeah. single day. Yeah. I know everything. I read um, your tweets. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was an awkward moment. Uh, but no, we haven't. I ended up in a situation with him recently, where. Uh, a friend of ours was doing a music video and he was in it. He's in the song, so he's in the music video, but they were in character. They were old men in the video. And so we ended up looking at each other for a second and he just sort of looked at me and was like, hmm. <laughs> and you don't know if it was old man Kanye yeah, I don't know in character? I, I mean, my friend was like, oh, you guys just had the weirdest moment of hey. Uh, but he wasn't going to get out of character to say hi, like, hi at That's all. Awesome. So it was very he awkward. gave you an old man, huh? Yeah. Um, what, with all these, so being involved in rap that young, and, and it seems like you weren't in the game that long in, in total, right? No, probably like two years overall. I, I really focused on it. What were the like best parts? What were the words? You, is it any of the classic, like, rap star? Did you fall into any of the classic rapper star? Stereotypes? I don't think so. I mean, I would go into studios. Like you weren't buying grills and fucking no. I got rims. Search bought me a grill though. 
Nice. Yeah, All right. He did. He bought did you me ever a girl. wear it? Uh, in a in a photo shoot with Search. That works. Yeah, that was uh, the one time he bought me something. Um, no, I mean I did a lot of things that were just against the grain, and I think that's why I didn't feel so comfortable. Now I'd probably feel so comfortable. But like I would go in the studio and I would pay. You know, Fabulous would get paid like fifteen thousand dollars to do a song with me, and then at some point he would turn to me and ask me to go get him a soda, and that's because he didn't know who the rapper was. So he'd just be like, "When's the rapper coming?" Like they, I would be in a room and they just have no idea who I was. Um, and it was cool when they'd figure it out, and they're always nice guys. But it's just like I don't know. I like I never bought anything crazy. I bought like a tapper, you know, the video game tapper. Yeah, yeah. I bought that for my house. That was All like right. one that of was my, your rap. Yeah, I got like a huge advance and was like, I'm gonna go get that tapper I've always wanted. Was there always because you started it off as a joke? Was there always kind of a like I'm almost playing it? Huh, this? Always, yeah. I think, and I, and I hate to admit that now because at the time I didn't feel that way. I felt like oh no, I'm, million dollar fucking yeah, contract. A lot of people you know? put money into me, and 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 I, and I got a publishing deal too. So EMI paid me even more um and at that time like you know i feel bad saying that but i mean there was always an out plan i mean i had a usc you know i had a usc degree you're going to college yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean it was like i don't think that i went to college to rap so it, it was like you know and my father too growing up was like so you're gonna say he was a rapper yeah my was father like, was cool Mo you D. guys are really fucking innovators that in was cool family, D, which yeah. was weird we were in the wild wild west um <laughs> no he um basically my father was like very much into like career and, and opportunity and stuff so it's like when someone comes around with that kind of money even though I don't feel comfortable, it's hard to just say no. It's crazy to, I mean, yeah. yeah Especially so. at that age, too. Now, you said you didn't go to college for rap. You went, no. you went to college <laughs> Who for would? film. I mean, do yeah. they, kids at fucking, uh, LA film That's school true. or whatever. Yeah, or Every time I walk by, session. I think I'm at 102 in Park or whatever. <laughs> 102 in Park. Um, You're the whitest human. Yeah. It's 106 in Park. I know. I said yeah. that I messed right, up. Right. I was four blocks off. I could never <laughs> find it. I would listen for the music and be You're like, where, where yeah. is it? Um, you're like, I think I hear Waka Flocka Flame, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but I'm, it's like, it sounds distant, like four streets distant. If I keep just judging by my ear, I never <laughs> found it though. Uh, you went to school for film? I did. I, filmic writing for creative writing. So were you, were you a geek growing up? Like, were you into comic books? Yeah. TVs, cartoons? Very that, much that so. That sort of typical. Yeah. Rap was, rap was probably my highest point of geekdom. Um, like to a studying point. But I think, uh, I mean, I was always into comic books. Like, I remember Infinity Gauntlet it was like, my jam uh, when I was a kid and all the X-Men Claremont stuff and uh, like I was really into that and then movies I was always a comedy nerd and uh, taping every SNL and uh, you know, like I really, you know, that was kind of what I was into. And I was into like even random shit, like starting lineup figures and, uh, and, and any movie memorabilia toys that came out, I would usually buy. So in so. the geek spectrum rap was at your, your highest, but Probably. there was a lot on that scale that fell down. Yeah. Right? And I always, I always make, I may have said this on Kevin's show on per diem too, but like one of the things that's so cool about my kind of nerd at this point is like, what if Dungeons and Dragons was the highest point? I wouldn't have any girls in my life ever, <laughs> but luckily between rap and like comic books, some of those things have gotten cool. Cool. So, you know, with, with, uh, with, with video games, you know, all those things have been cool. So that, that was what I, I was You lucked out that the cool parts of your geekdom have yeah. become kind Don't of. Don't make me a virgin. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's really lucky. Uh, you, so you went to school for film. Did you want to be a writer director? That was. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my whole life really rap was just like this interest and I probably would have implemented rap into these movies that I would make or whatever, but I was pretty focused on being like a Cohen brother. You know what I mean? Like I was like, this is what I want to do. I literally was one except yeah. without the thrills. <laughs> without, yeah, yeah. Or without the money, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, or Minnesota background. Yeah. You have a couple changes. I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a few things. I got an H in there. That's a bit of an issue too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I fought, you know, I, I, I kind of fought my way through that and wanting to do that. And then rap sort of derailed me. I was going to say, yeah. it seems like rap kind of when life happened, rap, yeah. rap, just rap came, took over. So, you know, and you're not going to be like, I'm going to make films at 31 after doing, you know, it's just like, 
I would have liked to, but I've already struggled through Interscope. Like, obviously, the money wasn't an issue at that time, but, like, I struggled to creatively get my word out. It was, like, a big problem. And if you have Netflix, which I assume everyone does, there's a movie called Dropped on Netflix that I had nothing to do with, but it's a documentary about, like, eight different musicians that had issues at the label, that they were at a major label. Um, and I'm the first one on there. Um, it, it's the same thing. With, I'm sure it's the same thing with screenwriters and filmmakers. It's, the, it's the bureaucratic entertainment yeah. industry, big totally. corporation. It's the same story you've heard a million times. And I just already went through it, so I wasn't wanting to go through it again. So at what point did art enter in? Because that it's, it, that hasn't entered your story yet, really, no, right? No, not at all. Um, so I was... Uh, Basically, getting out of rap and like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, what does my resume look like? It's so weird. I toured with Snoop Dogg. This is so odd. Why would anyone hire someone based off this? Snoop Dogg yeah. might hire you. That's the yeah, one person maybe. who might hire you based off that. work for his yeah. dog father clothing line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or work for his like kids' baseball team. Yeah, the yeah. boss or football, football, football excuse team, me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he, so basically, I had a money manager because this whole thing had blown up and I talked to him and I was like, dude, I don't think I want to do this anymore and I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, well, why don't you look into opening your own business? Because he had me talk to him about like what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, the thing about Interscope that bothered me so much is like I couldn't put anything out without them touching it. Like it was like, I remember I made a Ralph Wiggum reference, which is still in the song with Red Man of Fabulous. And it was like rappers say stupider lines than Ralph Wiggum. And and I remember Interscope was like, well, can we change that? to Like, because Red Man of Fabulous are on the song. And I was like, that seems so racist. <laughs> like, yeah. What you just said, like black people don't like the Simpsons. Like that seems crazy to me. Um, and by the way, as a footnote, there is a recent Questlove interview where he talks about working with Jay-Z. And he says that the first time he met Jay-Z, they talked for 30 minutes. And Jay-Z out of nowhere was like, he made a monorail reference. Dude, Jay-Z makes <laughs> rant. Like, Jay-Z made a Grateful Dead reference. Yeah. Like, he played with fish. Yeah, I was at, I was at that show yeah. in Brooklyn. I mean, Jay-Z... Yeah. Uh, Jigga man uh, always surprises or whatever, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so even like this, like that literal line, that Ralph little Wiggum, line they wanted to change to those a, two to a, words, exactly a reference to Star and Buckwild, which were these two New York outlandish New York DJs. Idiot DJs, and so they wanted me to change the line to that because I had another line in a, in a freestyle where I said like I'm just rapping so Star and Buckwild can hate me, and they were like, well, why don't you put that Star and Buckwild line in there because they wanted like it to get on radio, and I was like, no, like the the. Red Man of Fabulous are in a song with a Ralph Wiggum reference. That's going that's to get cooler people excited. That's way like that's, cooler than exactly. Them being and in now a song. you hear it all the time. Like Wale is on Rick Ross's label, and he talks about the nerdiest shit human, you know, shoes. Like well, it's, that's uh, kind of become the. I don't want to say the trend in rap, but a different, different, uh, definite different kind of rap. Like you've got. Uh, like um Tyler the Creator and yeah. and all those kids and like MC Chris and and Childish Gambino sure. where they're doing I don't want to call it it's not nerdcore right. but it's it's definitely nerdcore mostly sucks yeah nerdcore is <laughs> pretty fucking horrible pretty bad if you've listened to, to actual like yeah. nerdcore yeah, like I don't want to name I'll name names like the Frontalon and Lars guys I've never I've never dug that I like Lars I mean I like I think I like him as a person I, uh, I think yeah he seems yeah, like a cool guy nice but guy. just the mu- the music never yeah. really did it for and I'm a fucking nerd and the weirdest part is like I don't think that's something that Lars would be like mad at i think that he would probably be like no nah, that's not really for you for you i mean who's the guy is it lars who's bald no that's front a lot now he's not good i'll no, tell you he, that and directly. he's the main one he's like the guy so who's in nerdcore rising yeah. he wears the tie and so like, painful there's a guy i like this mega ran do you know him i haven't uh, no. he's good he uh, we, we've talked on twitter a couple times but he does mostly 8-bit he was a teacher okay and he, he does yeah, like yeah. he does um he samples like castlevania and that's mega man awesome super good mega ran but he i like that but he's also a, a technically great rapper well that's what i mean if yeah. they have to have a flow to, to, yeah. to your lyrics can't just be I mean I tried it I did a fucking yeah. Green Goblin rap song it didn't it's, really work no, out it's, so well it's too many words and it's, it's just I mean I feel like I wasn't made for it either so I'm not even dissing like I just think there's a certain 
swagger or a voice that you have to have and it just a lot of us are missing it as white as white kids but but it seems like there is a whole and correct me if i'm wrong but a new because i'm i haven't been in the rap game for you like you said waka waka flame or something his name is waka 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 flock of don't know who sure. that is like you're better off you're better that off. guy there's the black and yellow is khalifa guy khalifa, like people, yeah. i only found out who wheezy was like three years later because of a mashup with the office fucking yes which is a good mashup. which is a good mashup yeah so i'm so out of the game but there is rap i do listen to sure do you think that, do you think that's a common phenomenon that, that people are, are excluding the mainstream now for the first, cause I grew up on fucking, my first album was uh, Dr. Dre the Chronic, my well, second I, was Doggy Style. Yeah, not to be too nerdy about it, but I think that there's just two different fields coming up in hip hop, which is one that there's this hip, hip, uh, pop, punk, hip hop kind of thing, which is like Mac Miller and, and this kid Sam Adams who blows. Um, and there's all these kids that are just like sort of going to these little towns and filling House of Blueses and filling these small venues and sort of building a college base. But you go there and it's kids who shop at Hot Topic. You know, Wiz Khalifa is a good example. You go to one of his shows and it's 90% white kids from high school. You know, it's just a different genre. It's that, yeah, yeah. It's the same kids who listened to Fall Out Boy four years ago and now that pop punk is dead. So there's now of, pop rap. Now they're kind of moving rap. into pop rap, which is not bad. It's just it's its own genre. I kind of like Mac Miller. It's just that I think like I you just, know him, crew. Yes, Mac Miller's good. He only has yeah, 17 cruise, million cruise views cruise. on his last uh, okay, YouTube. Okay, so dude, yeah. literally... Not like, a lot. It's just this, starting. This is why it's so great, yeah. and this is why your show is so the opposite of mine. Like, <laughs> maybe a year ago, I called my friend up. I was like, dude, have you heard of this band called Arcade Fire? They're yeah, amazing. They're amazing. It was like, they've done you're five like, out. Yeah. I'm 10 years late yeah, to the fucking like, have you party, heard of dude. these Rolling Stones guys? Fit, when I met Fish, yeah. life stuff. Yeah, fish and Pot kind of fucking froze my life. I understand. No, I... I Yeah, I think there's that, and then there's... There's hip hop, which is seeming to get a little bit more traction right now. And not in a sense of like selling a lot of records, but in a sense of like there's a little bit brewing again. For a while, we were just dead. I mean, it, it was just a dead there thing. There was, I mean, if, in, uh, there was, I mean, cause when I look at it, there was, there was gangster rap, then the southern rap came in. Yes. And I think that's all blended into just hip hop now. And then there's this pop punk, like this rap, like this sort of like very accessible rap. But then there's Odd Future, which you brought up, and this guy who released a mixtape yesterday, uh, motherfucking Esquire, who, uh, is this kid out of New York who's absolutely brilliant. So let me ask you about this. So you hear there's some fucking eighteen year old kid in New York I who put it. out a mixtape. Yeah. How do you hear about it? Um I think I like you know, when you've been following the same channels for so long, you eventually, you know, now with the internet it's much easier, but you know, you just sort of got to search out. I mean, I'm not driving places or flying to Harlem to learn them. I, I just, You're not like scouting fucking no, rappers? for myself. Just for my own interest. I'm, an, like A&R, yeah. I'm an A&R for yeah, my yeah. own self. Can you please rap into my shoulder? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think... Um, I think I just sort of watch sort of the internet at this point. And, and, and if, if Tyler, you know, we had Casey veggies on the get up on this podcast and, you know, I had known Casey stuff for a year or two and listening to that and just watching guys develop. I mean, I, I didn't, I went to the first real odd future show, um, which was, uh, at the low end theory, which is a sort of club out here. In LA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I watching them develop is insane. I mean, I, from going to that first show and just the chaos and, absolute you know the energy was there it's just you know the kids didn't understand where they were in the group and now to watch it, it it's phenomenal and that to me is really a lot of where like geekdom that's where my excitement comes from so that's really cool man. i go out of my way to find those people yeah so like this Esquire kid will be great to watch so this is the dude who dropped the mixtape yesterday, yesterday and he's already great to like oh what do you think i'm over him no, no, too no. Old. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday bleh, someone dropped something no one did ago. something in the last 20 years like yeah. there's a dude rapping behind a dumpster <laughs> yeah. behind pinks we're gonna go there we gotta get over there yeah, right now go. man uh no this kid Esquire, yeah he uh i guess he's really close with like the mishka new york city clothing guys so they put out the mixtape and uh 
there's production on there from from LP from Company Flow and and uh, Necro, who's this sort of horrorcore rapper from the early 2000s that I haven't heard from in a while. And uh, there's a remix on there with with Das Racist. Well, and, that, and that's a new thing too is yeah, mixtape and e- free mixtapes and free EPs, right? Is that seem a- better than most records? Yeah. Yes, and that's yeah, what yeah. every time someone's like, "You got to hear this." It seems to be it's off a of free fucking yeah. mixtape. Well, Fifty Cent was the same way. I mean, if you look His back at the way, 50, yeah, right? it was always better. I mean, the um, Get Rich and Die Trying record I didn't really like, but the record before that, which was Guess Who's Back, which is what he got signed off of, was brilliant. I mean, you heard it, and you were just like, this guy's going to be the biggest star in the world, and then every moment since then, it's went downhill. So that's still the place to find him. Jumping all the way back there. So you got a fucking money manager. Dude's like, you need to get into a business, dude. You're not a rapper anymore. Yeah, or ever. Or uh, ever, yeah. And so he was like, "You've got this rap money." Yeah, and I had a business. My business partner now is this, is girl Katie, who I went to USC with, and she. I think we just had a, a conversation driving actually near the Fairfax uh, Trading Post. Right around there, I was like, "You know what sucks?" And this really just came out of nowhere. I was like, "You know what sucks is that rapping was really one of my dreams, even though I didn't want to do it as a profession. It was always like this obscure hobby. You know what I mean? Like this weird thing that I was almost defined by for so long. I was like, and it sort of achieved it early. You know, it's it's like 20 years old. It's like, ah, fuck. You're done by 22. Done, yeah. yeah. It's like, what do I do? And so I was, and I just Retired asked Retired of yeah, Florida. I felt weird. <laughs> so I was like, what would you, like, what would you do? What would be your thing to her? And she's like, I don't know. I think I wanted to own an art gallery because she was an art history major. And I'd been going to these art shows that she worked at and they were just like these stuffy asshole, you know, 35 year old men who had to convince people to buy paintings of like an orange circle for like $20,000. I will tell you right now, dude, and, and henceforth I've become an art collector. Yeah. Your gallery is the first art gallery I ever went to in my Same life. Same with me. And I got the bug <laughs> from this. You know what yeah, I mean? Same with me. Yeah. And so I, I, and that's the feeling I got was like, none of this speaks to me. I have expendable income. We're spending $150 on sneakers. Girls are spending $300 on purses, but yet $10 on like a Scarface poster in their house, which shows no unique ability, shows no individuality. And so I said, there's a, there's gotta be a bridge there. And Katie, and I worked on, you know, just researching for a year, finding artists uh, that, that hadn't really been showing in traditional art galleries like Luke Chu or Greg Simpkins. Now, were you a fan of art before this nothing. at all? I knew nothing. Like, so you were just randomly fucking researching and you're like, dude with a bunny, Luke Chu, that looks yeah. cool. I thought that looked cool. I mean, I, in college, I had Sling Blades poster in my No, no, no. So like yeah, every I mean, other like, fucking college yeah. kid. I mean, yeah, yeah. I had Fargo. Po- I had the game poster from David Fincher. My apartment like, in Burlington, Vermont was literally the entire, it was wallpapered in fucking posters. I yeah. think I had like 90 posters. Yeah. And it was like, I had like, 17 Kill Bill posters. I had like the Polish and the Japanese and <laughs> right. the French and like it was yeah. my Kill Bill wall. No, I get it. I get it. Classy, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 no. And, and that was, and that was the fight. Is that like, was our well, option though. Exactly. And what, and why we weren't given another option was always so shocking to me. Um, and that was where the idea came from, which is like, listen, let's focus on, you know, $800 price point of being the high, which we've beaten. Obviously we've sold like a $50,000 totally. painting, but at the same time, like we still, I think our average sale is still around there. Like, not even like six, maybe like you yeah, can probably still, lower now. Yeah. the average person can still buy oh a my piece. God, we have $10 pieces show. here. Totally. Yeah, we have and $10 got, prints. Always got prints and stuff like yeah, that. Everything is, everything is numbered and signed and, and limited edition. So, so you and your friend Katie did the research and you were like, we think we can do it. Oh yeah. I think we were like, there's gotta be something, you know, people will come. And then like two years later when people weren't coming, it was like, I want to kill myself. I don't know why we did this. So you opened 1988 on Melrose in 2004. Where did the name come from? I, we originally were calling it Anthony Michael Hallway, which was the best wow, name man. ever. Yeah, yeah the best name like ever. The punny, like yeah, the single the punniest fucking yeah. name for an art. Yeah, it was the best. Um, and so that was really going to get across immediately who we were, which is like, okay, I get it. Like you're you're not joking, but you like, either get it or you're not supposed you to come in. You think it's yeah. an Anthony Michael Hall exactly. store? Yeah, and you're well, like, that's why we couldn't do it. Oh, okay. The lawyer was like, people are going to walk in and think Anthony Michael Hall owns it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which I don't know if you've heard Anthony Michael Hall's recent 
run in with the law. No, no, no. Oh, he like beat up a woman randomly. Oh, so now years yeah, later it wouldn't have been so good. Yeah. Back in the day, you could have had like yeah. as long as you had like three T-shirts in the front yeah. with his fucking face yeah. on it, it would have technically would have been, totally been okay. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, would have yeah. paid him for the shirts, and he totally. would have walked away. Um, no, I, I didn't. I was like Anthony Michael Hall is funny. Um, I love that you were gonna literally put money into a legitimate <laughs> business called Anthony Michael Hall. Selling fifty thousand dollar paintings. Yeah, <laughs> bad fucking. Uh, awesome and so our lawyer was like, "You cannot do that. There's no legal. I will tell you not to do that." And so I fought with him for so long being like what if we made it two words like i was just like so mad and so um <laughs> he was like we'll come up with a different name so we literally had like two weeks and all the names we had on our list we just got away from funny i was like well that was the funniest thing i can come up with so let's not try anything else and so there was like you know i know we just talked about it yesterday danger fields was on that list which is a reference to the the comedy the club. club yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, and things like that and so um one of them was 1986, which was was my favorite year because the Mets won, and it's a big year for my childhood and all this stuff. And so I explained. Are you a Met fan? Huge, yeah. But you're from. Are your parents from my New dad, York? My dad's from New York. So all I'm right, on, yeah, because yeah, I'm a I'm from Long Island. Sorry, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, 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 I um, so I I remember with 1986, my uh, my I explained to my partner who's like, I like that, I like it. It feels very like retro and what we're going for. And she's like, but why would anyone care about 86 in LA? And I was like, oh, it's such a good point. I was like, well, let's do 88 because 88 was a, a huge year for me too. Even as like a secondary Dodgers fan living in LA, I was like, it was a great, it was a Kirk Gibson home run. And Gretzky came to the Kings and the Lakers won in Showtime and NWA released straight out of Compton. And it was like Mike Tyson's punch out and all this crazy shit was happening. Um, and that's, that's why 88 became it. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Do people ever question you on what the name means? Not so much now, but at the beginning all the time. Was it a big fucking like, you have to explain it every single no, time? No, we always, our joke used to be, we used to just tell people it's when Beetlejuice came out. <laughs> That works. Yeah, yeah. We, we were just like, but only say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just only say that's the official line. Yeah. What were you? What was your first show here? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a show called The Difference, and it was uh, a reference to the idea that we were the difference in what we were going to do in other people. And out of those people, we show no one anymore. I think not. So, not because of any reason. I think we showed one of them recently, ESM. But it was really we had one wall was all digital. And then the other wall was all paintings. And it was just showing what we're, how we're going to be different. And it was, it was pretty packed. Our first three or four shows were packed. How did you get the word out at, at first? Cause there's so no, many. No, I cheated. Galleries. I super cheated. Okay. Uh, I worked in between Hawk Carl and the gallery. There was a moment for me to, um, work as an assistant for like really just to like do something with my days. I was like waking up and doing nothing. Like what do you do as like a waiting you, rapper? Dude, you'd already been a fucking 22 year old millionaire yeah. retired There's rapper. Nothing like to you're do. Billy Ma- you're Billy fucking Madison. Right. Literally. I, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was waking up and like I felt bad about myself and I was just like, why am I, and I didn't even want to rap, but it wasn't even the worst part. It's like, why did I do this? Like I just get mad every day. And so I had friends who worked in this like nightclub world. Super popular nightclub world with this guy, Brent Boldhouse, who ended up becoming semi-famous on the hills. He ended up being one of their bosses on oh, the okay, hills. Right on. And so we ran every big LA nightclub. And so, uh, he was a Hawk Carl fan and I had done a song for him to like make fun of his clubs and stuff a couple of years before. And he, and I think I met with him just talking and he, I was like, I just feel horrible about myself. I wake up every day and I have this education that means nothing that I spent so much money on. Um, and he was like, well, why don't you just be my assistant? And it worked only for like eight months. It was a horrible, partnership between us and we're still friends but uh, um but when i opened the gallery he was like why don't you give me your postcards oh shit. and i was like really yeah. and i was like okay so i'd give him like a thousand of my postcards and he would send them 
to like everyone. Like Rick Rubin would get them. Like people, like I was like. So off the bat, you had crazy people showing up. I had a up. mailing list of like, it would, that mailing list is probably worth like $10,000 every time. Like that's a crazy mailing list. And he would put his logo on our flyers. And that was for like the first six. He basically gave us like a free endorsement for like the first six months. And I think I had to ask, I think I had to email him and be like, it's cool, man. We're, we're, we're going to fly on our own. Thank you so much. Like it was like the yeah, sweetest. No, like you had to be like, dude, stop wanna, being the greatest. Well, human. well, that's the thing. I didn't want him to be the greatest human being for a like, year. Yeah. 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 So he was super helpful and um i actually knew about this building because of him he my when i was his assistant we worked upstairs from this gallery um and so it kind of worked all in place and we had a mailing list from day one that's crazy dude. and what when did when was the first crazy for cold how many how long into the whole gallery this was five so uh 2006 we started it okay Mm -hmm. so before crazy for cold had you done any real geek based shows you had we had done a big video game one oh you had i am 8-bit before i am 8-bit was before was was the first real big kind of show here. that was the first big show here yeah we did that for three years here at the gallery now where did where did the idea of that come about Uh, because that was like the first thing to really put you guys on the map i remember i was living in new york at the time yeah well luke really was our first Luke show. yeah I mean Luke was the first person where I mean we sold every piece I mean that was like that was when we like, and who's really henceforth sold. become one of the biggest fucking artists yeah huge going. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. awesome so but yeah I mean we were approached with the idea and uh, we it was one of those things where you take in like a co-curating ship um, and we just kind of thought after three years it hit a kind of wall uh, so we moved on like something with the thing about video game art is it's harder because only me and you know Dr. Mario and, and you know, Wall Street or Kid. Or even more obscure yeah, shit. Yeah, Wall Street you know, Kid. Or, totally. or, I mean, there's things, yeah. you know, like Genghis Khan. You know, there, there's things we don't, like, that not everybody knows. But, like, every artist knows the f- same three games. There's going to be Kirby, Mario, and Sonic and every fucking... You're being too nice. With, with Kirby? No, you're being too nice with all, almost all of them. Really? It be, it's just Mario, Pac-Man, and, uh, and like, one random one every time. It'll be like... Really? Sonic never showed up. It's, what? It's like... It's that always, shocks me, It's always dude. Mario, Pac-Man, or Frogger. Was, Those it are always a bum- the was it almost a bummer? Did you guys almost end it because it was a bummer that you weren't getting... Yeah. Like cool yeah. original we, enough. We were like, this is not right. I mean, that's why we were bringing it back. It actually opens on September 16th. I oh, don't know. That's fantastic. We're, we're, we're doing an old uh. school video game art show, uh, September 16th at the Venice space. The, which is the new, which is the set gallery you guys opened. Yeah. You guys have one in San Fran. We too, don't right? anymore. We moved okay, San Fran me. over to, to Venice. So you got Venice and LA going right now mm-hmm. because, um, so you guys did a video game show and that was a huge success and yeah. then Crazy for Colt happened. Yeah, I had this idea when we first opened, obviously, being a movie guy and I don't think a rap art show is really in our cards yet. Um, That'd but be so fucking down cool. Down the road, though, down dude. the road. Not yet. That's uh, what I love about this place though is any, like right now we're surrounded by a Garbage, garbage Pail, Pail Kids, Kids art yeah. show. Yeah, which is a deal we do with Tops. And, and like it's every time I, the new, like the, every time you guys announce a new show, my fucking Part bursts with hat. <laughs> like there was the uh, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Goonie show. Yeah, three G's. The single greatest thing of all time. <laughs> three for greatest G. things in one show. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's no, just... I, I love it. I mean, that's the best part of the job. So, and, we, it, and we come up with those all the time. So it's awesome. I'm sure you have a list, like, because there's only so <sighs> many shows you could put on. I'm yeah, sure, and then too, now right? everyone's doing it too. So it's like harder because, like, we wanted to do a Coen Brothers thing so bad. I mean, they're my favorite filmmakers, and we just held on to it for like two or three years, being like, "Well, we'll do it when when it feels like we have enough people who are obsessed." And then next thing you know, a Coen Brothers show came out in another city another city and we were like ah oh, well, like we have you, to hold on to something are you so, seeing copycats oh yeah of 1988 mean, we were made fun of for so long as like the ugly stepchild because we were doing these pop culture shows and why would it's always pop culture shows and i want to yell at them like Yes, that's, that's what the business I fucking plan. Want yeah. to buy. That's, that's the that's, only kind of art I would buy. It's like man. going into a lamp store and being like, "You guys don't have computers." <laughs> it's like, well, dude, no, we don't have computers, you know. And so we were really excited to be these people, and so we know what our our market is. We know who our buyer is, um, and so like we 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 know what we want, and we were made fun of for that. And now to see, you know, how many of these pop culture shows? There's like two or three a month. 
um, you know, we approached Twin Peaks a couple of years ago. That's right. To they, do something, and they ended up they did their doing own, it on their own. Like, yeah, it's almost like our arch, ideas yeah. are almost like being taken by so the you people. You got to stop giving out. Your yeah, ideas. we're done giving free ideas. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we have a lot of deal. We do something with Funny or Die every year. We do something with Kevin Smith, obviously every uh, every year for you Crazy. Get, you had a big relationship. I don't know if it was you personally or the gallery with like um, Damon Lindelof. And, Very well, and yeah. From, from, from with Lost, we worked with Lost for a full year. You guys did, did like mar- you were part of the marketing. Yeah, right? I ran the viral marketing. I came up with the idea for for ABC Television for the Lost viral campaign, and that involved posters and a scavenger hunt and all this crazy shit. Um, and I've, I've maintained a relationship with Damon, so we're working together on other stuff. That's awesome. Dude. Um, which is awesome. And so, yeah, working uh, a bunch of things sort of TV-based. I mean, we worked with Paramount Pictures on The Fighter, um, and we've worked with, um, I'm off the top of my head, Electronic Arts on a video game I mean, you guys Alice. are, as far as I'm concerned, the only art gallery in I think LA. we are. Yeah, other people don't, they're not dedicated to it. You know, you'll have like a one-night event or, or a gallery that sort of goes in and out. We have definitely decided, uh, every based off our we... interest, not every show, but every, and I, I just did an interview about this. Every artist we show has a, a a grounding in pop culture. Even if it's a person like Dan McCarthy or Kurt Halsey, people who you see their art and you don't think because pop culture. Because you do show some stuff sometimes where, where you walk in and you'll be like, oh, it's just random paintings right. from a dude. But if you really dig deeper into it, it's screen printing and it's these things that are a little more disposable to the eyes of art world. You know, we're, we're sort of the, you know, we're the, we're the, your, we're your first drug. You know, we're, we're your gateway. We're your gateway art gallery. But the thing is, I don't think you necessarily need to ever move on. Like, I'm a fucking pothead. Like, yeah. I dallied. We don't need to get into heroin. I dallied with my other shit back yeah. in the day, but yeah. I always went, I, I maintained, I stayed at pot. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I've heard people say, like, um, I collect, like, a lot of vinyl toys and stuff sure. like that, and that was a gateway to this, and yeah. this is a gateway to that. But I just think if you like this shit, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good I'm never going to buy a fucking Picasso. Exactly. Even if I had a billion dollars. Right. Dude, it wouldn't, be, I just it wouldn't be your interest. I, I agree. wouldn't appreciate Same it. Same way as me. And I think the vinyl toys is probably a good example of something where you walk in and you don't necessarily see why this vinyl toy is pop culture, but the concept of vinyl toys is pop culture. And that's sort of where we're at, which is like, even when we show someone who doesn't necessarily paint, you know, a, a scene from a Tarantino film, in this case, it, it, this person is grounded in that. It's, the aesthetics it's, come it's from It's the that. medium or, or where their background is, or there's something even about Even how them. we're selling it. I mean, it's a, it's, we're a retail like gallery space which is uh, important that's the other great thing too is it, again like most of your you never really your prices are always fair to moderate yeah and at that there are always prints of a lot of the coolest most shit of the time, so you yeah. can like you can always get something in one of these yeah. shows going back to crazy for cult though because yeah. that was the first time i ever came in here sure. the, the genesis of that was just being a film fan yeah i had an idea that we wanted to do uh, a show called crazy for cult which was always the name and we were like uh, and i i was like i should really we should just focus on cult movies you know like all these people have these fans that'll that'll love it like me I, that's what i want on my walls is i want this this movie art and so uh Mosier had been coming into the gallery as a buyer for a few, probably like a couple months, probably like six months. We'd become friends just talking. Just like, shooting the not shit, even really yeah, knowing yeah. who Scott was early. I was just like, he likes good art and that's cool. And we were talking and we were selling like $300 pieces when Mosier was used to walking into galleries and laughing at the price tags. So he was getting it immediately. And he was being, and he was able, exactly. You were yeah, able to buy it. art. For he just got it. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, what's coming up? And so I gave him some things and I was like, you know, I wanted to pitch you on something. I was like, I have this idea for Crazy for Colt. I was like, and I want to see if you think it's good. And I sent him this pitch, and he was like, do you mind if I send this to Kevin? And I was like, no, it's perfect. And then 
he called me like two days later and was like, okay, Kevin's in and Richard Kelly's in and he's going to call Tarantino. And I was like, wait, why? I don't even have this show booked. And, and it was one of those things where Kevin just immediately understood it and involved Edgar Wright and all these people immediately. And it became what was definitely our biggest show and still is, but was our biggest show at that point and has now turned into a book. I mean, you guys, yeah, you guys just, I was going to get to that. You just published a book. Kevin did the intro. Yeah, I it's mean, the highlights of the first four years of Crazy for Cold. It's a beautiful fucking book too. Yeah, the cover's got a, Sam L is Jules just yeah. looking. Uh, he came in once and saw that. Did he Samuel really? Jackson. Well, how, that's the other cool thing is how often do, like, I, I, I remember I've come to shows with Kevin or, or yeah. seen Kelly and seen guys buy their own, buy art based on their own stuff. Yeah. Well, Kevin's the king. Kevin's, I'm yeah. Kevin, if it, <laughs> joke used to be if you draw Kevin into a painting, he'll, he'll buy it. Right? I know, I think people stop doing it because he's they don't want him to be more, the greatest human. He's also yeah. become more discerning, I feel yeah. like. He's yeah. more like, oh, I don't want this one of me fucking Mosher <laughs> in the butt. Yeah, I don't need this one. Uh, we've no. already got two of those yeah. hung up in this podcast. Two of those of me fucking Mosher in the butt. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, uh, sometimes people don't necessarily come and pick it up. You know what I mean? Uh, that's our phone, by the way. Uh, some people sometimes don't come and pick it up immediately. Uh, they'll do it under a different name or someone else. They'll send in, they'll send in like a spy with yeah, the mustache like or whatever. Like an assistant, like, what's this painting of so-and-so look like? You know, like it's so obvious. Oh, this film, I've never heard of this yeah. particular <laughs> oh, film. what yeah. is this guy's name? Gary Shanring? You know, like <laughs> they mess up the name by a letter. Uh, but no, I don't know. I, I, uh, it's, it's awesome, you know, to have Damon Lindelof buy a piece based on Lost or, um, we did a Wet Hot American summer show that, there's, which which again just going i'm sure there are certain listeners don't live in la they might not be super familiar with the yeah. gallery there was an entire art show based on wet hot american <laughs> summer which was our dream our which dream is, show you like you know there are a lot of people out there like us yeah. who wet hot is the fucking one of their favorite if not the ultimate you know what like i mean my bible yeah it's the greatest movie ever made nine out of ten people have mm-hmm. never heard of wet hot american yeah. summer that 10th person Loves Freaked it out. so much, yeah. they will buy <laughs> art, yeah. they want art based yeah. on it. And that was an idea yeah. where Katie was just like, you know, Katie and I loved the film. I had introduced it to her when we first started the gallery, and she was like, oh my god, this is so good. And we kind of were like, our dream is, if we're open long enough to do the 10-year anniversary of the show. And so I had known, I mean, David Wayne and I kind of hang in similar circles, so I just kind of reached out to him, and he like just was ecstatic. And was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and we showed him the art, and he got it. And... um he involved, you know, Paul Rudd and he involved, uh, Showalter and, and we did a screening and, and, so you know, awesome, uh, Chris Maloney bought a piece and, uh, Ken Marino came to the opening and Joe Latruglio came to the opening. It was just, it was a dream come true for us. So I, you know, I'm dude, that's incredible. Um, what, so you've done everything from movie art to video game art to, yeah. Like we just said, uh, specific, specific films like Wet Hot or. We've done Wet Hot. We've did, done. The, um, a comedy, the stand up, the we one We do that every year. Comedy. Yeah. That's, is this thing on, which is a partnership we do with Funny or Die and it's pieces based on, uh, your top comedian. So George Carlin or, or vintage, you know, favorites. Which is really, I mean, just being able to walk into an art gallery, like, oh, there's a Scott Aukerman painting Yeah, or here. Kevin Nealon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a random, uh, the guy from Nerdist had a fucking yeah, painting. Yeah, Ar- Hardwick, like, yeah, was someone who bought his own piece. No, there you go. He right was there. fine with saying that. Because he, he called me and was like, should I buy this? Am I a douchebag? And I was like, no, I think you're a douchebag if you don't buy it. Thing Where ever. are you ever going to get a painting made for you without you asking there's to have a, it made? There's a guy named um, Wonder Bros Mike who does uh, a lot of work for Kevin. Uh, he's yeah. done some pieces for Kevin in the past. He, he sure. does. Uh, he's in Texas and. Uh, he did a bagged and boarded piece for me, yeah. which is literally like the bagged and boarded as a comic book. It's the single fucking coolest thing yeah. of all time. Yeah, I just think you're an idiot if you think you want to. I don't know. I never understood it. Like I, yeah, I have a painting of me as a zombie hung up in my fucking house. Yeah, like yeah, it's cool. We have this artist <laughs> named 
name's Scott Campbell. Scott C is what he goes by, and he does these things called the Great Showdowns. Did you do the little? The, yeah, they're like little the sketches. Pen and of, ink. Yeah, they're like pen and ink of two things from a movie that are like rivals, but it's never like it's never like Rocky and Apollo Creed, even though he's done that. But like they're mostly like the Office based guys versus a fax machine. Like he always picks like some small battle. Indy and, versus the dude with the knife. And yeah, Indy like, with the gun. I mean, he's really he does great ones. Though. Yeah, and they're he's, subtle yeah. mostly, you know. And he he he's done some funny ones, and he did one where it was Morgan Spurlock versus, and the other side was just French fries. <laughs> and so I called Morgan and was like, you have to buy this. And Morgan was like, I, I know I have to buy this. He's like, just tell me how much it is. He doesn't care. Uh, and that's the feeling that I would have, you know, like uh, not that anyone would ever want to make a painting based on Hot Carl because I would probably cry at it every There's day. There's your rap show, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but oh, please. Yeah. But I mean, like if that had happened, you know, um, and I, you know, and that, that career choice had went off and, and someone was like, I made a painting and it's in an art show, you know, not just like I'm a fan and here's my painting, but if it was in a it's fucking hung up art in an show, actual yeah, fucking like, art and gallery. An art gallery has been around for seven years. It's like, I'd be like, that seems like a cool thing. And I, you know, unless it has me like, you know, doing a hail Hitler sign. I'm or fucking Kevin while he fucks yeah. Mosier. Or watching Mosier. Or watching Mosier. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch it. <laughs> um, are, without giving details because motherfuckers are stealing your ideas. Yes. What are their dreams? I mean, oh, I would never. Then we get stolen everything. You uh, can't wait, even okay. give away anything. Right, well, I'll yeah. give away this. We're working with Adult Swim in uh, January awesome. of next year. Yeah. Awesome. So that one where we've announced other everything else we sort of just keep super secret to the last minute, uh, purely because we that's just what can't lose people it. Yeah. Snag like, it we now, can't huh? lose it. Uh, but yeah, there's um oh yeah, I mean there's a situation which is really funny. We book our shows like two years in advance, which is one of the reasons people Dude, are, so you have the next fucking two years of yeah. shows booked out? Basically. Wow. Yeah. I mean we've lessened it to about a year and a half, but we, we, we book these shows so far in advance. So someone goes, Oh, I went to this group show that was based on so and so and it wasn't as good. And I'm always like, and they're like, I don't know how you guys do it. And I'm like, well, I think we just have long, like we just, we really curate shows. You know, we don't just make it like fast, quick. You don't take anything. I mean, obviously. Right. When, let's say you're doing a crazy for cult. Do you go out to individual artists? Do you take submissions? How does it work? It's mostly the people we've been showing for seven years. And then we add like 10 to 15% new people every time. So like we booked a Bill Murray show. Like, we have a Bill Murray show next year. Wow. Uh, and it's called Post, uh, Please Post Bills, and it's the show that we've been so excited about for, like, so long. God, and I then, hope if there's a what about Bob fucking I'm sure there is. I'm there. So but. a year ago, someone did a fucking Bill Murray show in L.A., and I don't know the name of the gallery. I don't know anything about it, but it, it looked kind of cool. It was fine. And that was the decision where we're like, these people have been maybe working on a piece for a year. They've known about it forever. I, we can't cancel the show. So it's like we're going to have a Bill Murray show almost two years after someone did it in L.A. But you still have a thing going for you that because it's you guys and 1988 doing it. That's what it, we feel, yeah. You have a bit, a bit more credence to it. That's you what, know we, what I, mean? I mean, that's how we feel. So we, we'll see how the show results end up. You know, I'm sure we'll be compared to the place that did it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what? what? <laughs> I don't. We'll, hopefully we'll beat them. I don't know. What do you say? So you've got art shows. You've got the book. Is there any place else like you could take the name 1988, you think, in the art world? Um... No, I mean, we've been approached about reality shows and stuff, and it's just not something we want to do, um, just because it's not that interesting. And, and, and they would make up things that are interesting, which is always a little Quick cut shit scary. and send yeah. in fake fucking customers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I just yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to do it. Um, so that was, I mean, unless we were like, really, it was a really cool idea, I wouldn't be into it. Um, I know one time someone came in and was like, we, and this was like the best case scenario. Someone came in and was like, yeah, you guys really, I mean, and you're, no one's, if you don't live in LA, you've never seen the gallery. We don't take a lot of pride in the space. No, it's just a white, it's a it's white, just a white space. It's a white and, and the floors are dirty. Yeah, like it's, it's a white the opposite box. of a black box. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a hallway. It's Anthony yeah, Michael's yeah. hallway. Um, and it was just, it's, it's not like the wall. We don't really keep up the walls. Like if we nail it, we just spackle it and paint it. Like we, we don't, we could have put in hardwood floors. It's just not important to us. Like what's important is that we have quick, you know, great group shows that we spend all our time on and, and find new artists. And you that's where we, we want to put out, our time. And you bang out so many people during a showing it's because crazy. of how easy this space is. Yeah. It's just, we don't, that's not what we're here for. Like what's so, the most amount of people you've ever had in during one show? Oh, I don't 
don't know, probably three thousand. That's came in, like, and, to and loss. for people who don't know, like this room is not. It's very a closet. Big. Yeah, we live it's, in the closet. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so. So basically, this this TV show came in, and they're like, "We know that you guys are super popular, and that you guys don't really have time to put together like a space that's really impressive." And I was like, "Right." And so I was like, "What is this we're getting to?" She's like, "I work for the like uh, Home and Garden Television Network or something HGTV." HGTV. She's like, "And I'd like to have this show come in and redo your space." And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, we'll put like glass floors in. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought we were on like a hidden camera show. And I was like, this is the best scenario ever. Like they're going to redo the whole space. This is awesome. Like, and not only that, like it's so funny. Like the only reason that we look hip and cool is like in our space is because, because someone came in and did it. No, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so funny. And so she ended the craziest part is she like, took pictures of our staff, which is probably uh, attractive. We usually hire attractive girls, coincidentally, just happens. Yeah, and so they were like, bad. this is a great-looking staff. This is great. Uh, we should do this. And I was like, okay. And then they, the girl calls me the next day. She's like, I was fired today for HGTV. No, not for that. Oh, okay. just for, she's yeah. like, for other reasons. She's like, but I've passed your name and space along to the girl who's taking my job. And I was like, that's not happening. Never got a call back? No, never Would happened. you have done it, though? No, I would have liked to. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because it, it, it goes against what we're doing. Might but it have so unhipped funny. you yeah, in that sense? Yeah, but it's so of, funny. It was, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny to me that I was like, at least I want to hear it out and see like. Pimp my art gallery? Yeah, like, my art, like pimp my art gallery. Like, yo, dog, I know you like paintings, so we put a painting in your car so you could paint while you drive. Like, I was like, that's if actually that happened, a great car easel. Yeah. I'm going to write that if down. If that happened, mind. I would be very excited. That's if awesome, Exhibit walked dude. in, yeah. So a lot of exciting stuff happening in Gallery 1988. Yes. As always, they could check out uh, gallery1988.com. Yeah, and it, you have the Venice location now. Everything is on there. Yeah, you can buy every print. Every painting we put up goes through the site, usually the day after the, the show opens. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the thing. We're on, we're on Twitter under galleries, plural, G-A-L-L-E-R-I-E-S 1988. And if you're in LA, just come down and say hi. You guys yeah. are open. Yeah. I'm here a lot. Most days. Yeah. Coming off the art thing for yeah. a minute, I found out, uh, my, my nice producer Wikipedia told me something about you that I had no idea, sir, oh, which, no. uh, shocked my brain a little bit. You wrote for the WWF? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, uh, that's funny. No, I hot Carl, yeah. I'm a lapsed wrestling fan, but, but just recently I had my buddy Jeff Katz on the show who's doing the, the new, uh, Wrestling Revolution project yeah, where he's kind of relaunching the thing. Sure. So uh, it, this will help that you were in that world. You wrote for WWE, dude? I did. Out of Hot Carl, uh, I, I, there was moments like between that car ride with Katie where we talked about the art gallery and then opening the art gallery. Can we just comment? There's a... Uh, uh, there's a homeless woman. A homeless lady, but like staring in as if she knows you or has business in here. <laughs> that's my girlfriend. Okay, yeah. should we let her in? Like, no, I... Give her a mic? You're gonna let I don't want to let her in, yeah. Okay, you don't want to mix business with pleasure. Yeah. I, she also has a horrible voice, okay. so I don't want her on the podcast. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. She is also heinous, but I don't She's care so much about her. She's also wearing a garbage bag. Yeah. No, but... Uh, her physical appearance I'm not as mad about. I'm, I'm her it's irritating the voice. voice. It's yeah, the voice you're embarrassed of. Yeah. Um, so wait, okay, so WWE. So in between, in the in the, in the the car, that moment, and, and deciding to open the gallery, there was a time where I thought about writing again, which is what I went to school which for. Which is what you wanted yeah. to do. Yeah, and I wrote, I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Just Can't Get Enough. Oh, yeah, so you had a, I'm sorry, you had a yeah. book published, right? I wrote yeah, a book, yeah. and so I was like, God, I want to do that again. I really feel comfortable writing, and I was writing some jokes here and there for comedians, and I was like, God, I really I want to get into it. So I started talking to an agent who was like, well, you can go out for this show, and it was like all these network shows that I would have probably hated. Uh, and she goes, Do you want to name any just in case? Well, I mean, like Emily's Reasons Why Not. There was just shows I don't even know what yeah, that was. Just network sitcoms? Yeah, 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 they're yeah, awful. Where you're going to be like, quirky friend yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I don't really, I don't, I was like, but, and they was like, but you have, there's this thing for WWE, they're looking for Hollywood writers, they're looking for kids who grew up in LA basically or went to school out here for film. And so I was like, okay. And, and, uh, they were impressed by the Hawk Carl part of the resume. So I, they flew me out to Stanford. I met with, you know, 
human resources and Stephanie McMahon. And that turned into like six phone interviews. And then uh, I flew out there and I worked there for about six months. Had you been a wrestling fan at any point yeah, in your life? Yeah, as a life? kid, I was like, oh, in the, in the, in the Austin Rock era, the, I was like a, f- a huge fan. Okay, me too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I loved 2001. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even, yeah. but even Iron Sheik and stuff I was into as a kid, but like, I was a grown like man. We all were. Me too. I was yeah. the grown man fucking obsessed with The Rock and Loving like Godfather it. Yeah. It and like so all that good. stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those uh, were the heyday. So yeah. they hired. So phone interview. Did you ever get to meet Vince? I worked with him every day. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. What was I, it? I flew with him on his private jet. Me and like three other people every day, basically. Was it weird? Was it good? Like, did it? I loved working with Vince. I think a lot of people. I mean, there's another podcast this guy Dave Lagana does called I Want Wrestling, which brings on a lot of formerly creative guys and they talk about what it was like writing for wrestling. And I've done it. And, and I think my thing about writing with pro wrestling is like, if someone goes in and thinks they're going to have a second dad with Vince McMahon, they're just fucking idiots. Like, this man is a business He's a fucking business. He's yeah. A it's like, he, yeah. You like, don't get you, to you be know a billionaire. Really into. Yeah. yeah. I loved being around it. I thought it was super funny. He yelled at me, yelled at me one time after a bad sketch that I, I produced and wrote. Um, and he yelled at me in like the, the greatest way. Like, he, did he do the real, did he yeah, do? Yeah, no, he yeah. wasn't, but he wasn't that mad. I think it was just like one of those things where he was like, uh, I think he was just like, that was the shit. And I was like, uh, yeah, what? It was. And I was, and he was like, what happened? And so I explained, I was like, we tried to do it live and never hit live. And then we went to tape and it, it was bad on tape. Like, that's obviously what happened. And he was like, um, he's like, and he's like, so you hated it from the start? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, then fucking cut it, which is the worst thing to say because there's no way you're going to listen to a kid who's been there five months. No, like, totally. We should drop this sketch. Like such an asshole. Um, but he just looked at me and was like, don't fucking hey, do it again. You guys, hot Carl says we're losing yeah. the... Uh... The kid with the glasses says we should not do this wrestling <laughs> sketch. Um, and he was just like, he was just like, all right, well, don't let that fucking happen again. And then he, and he walked out. And I was like, yay! It was so, like being slammed on by Michael Jordan. No, or like, like Don Rickles or whatever. Like, he yeah. called me a hockey yeah, puck. Like, people pay for that shit. Yeah, it was like getting watermelon on you at a Gallagher show. No, yeah, that's, that's why like, I go. That's awesome, yeah. dude. What did you get? So you were writing mostly comedy sketches or were you writing storyline? They had me write storyline, but I, they mostly gave me all the comedy sketches, which I would do like Gold Dust and Snitsky and guys who were like, in Spirit Squad. And, and there was this, there was this bit going on while I was there where Vince McMahon was fighting Shawn Michaels and, uh, they would end up like it was a god angle, so like I was writing a lot of the like funny parts of the god angles, or and then they put me on, um, oh, they put me on this kid Carlito who has this like big hair and he's an apple. He's like a jokey guy. <laughs> so every time they would like, anytime there was like kind of a humorous wrestler, I think they'd be like, give it to the kid who give it to the keeps glasses, trying to put gay kid. jokes. No, yeah. yeah, like let it, give it to the guy who grew up watching UCB sketch TV. Like I was just I had different influences than them. Well, that's it just you you just don't seem like t- t- traditional WWE. Well, none of them do. I mean, all the kids they, that write physically look kid. like me. Yeah, they're all just like I mean, Jewy, WGA yeah. like fucking yeah. like yeah, they're Hollywood all Jew comedy yeah. guys. Yeah, us writing Jeff yeah. Katz too. Like yeah. Just seems like examples. they hire only Jews. Yeah, the kid, who, the kid who works there who I don't really like, but the kid who who is the head writer who's just like, you know, he's been there way too long, 12 years or something to a point where just like, you, I know he lives a sad life and I almost feel like the things I didn't like about him are purely because he hates his life. But he uh, he came from like the Jenny McCarthy sitcom and singled out, I think he worked on or something. Wow. Like he, you know, those guys, it, it's very weird. They don't have a background. I mean, that kid's way worse physically than I am. I mean, you wouldn't think that that dude either would be writing fucking... No. It's, what, it, none of them. That, yeah, uh, none of them at all. So, you know, it, it, there's two options in wrestling, which is one, the writers write vocals or storylines. And then there's writers who are called agents. And those guys are old wrestlers who basically write the physicalities. So, like, if, if a guy gets thrown over the rope, obviously we didn't write that. The agents and the wrestlers wrote that together. Yeah, yeah. So that, like, that's like Ricky Steamboat and... Um, Arn Anderson and, uh, Michael Hayes. And there was a bunch of guys who was awesome to work with every day. Um, and those dudes were physical. Were you on the road or were you in Stanford? I was on the road. So you, I lived in Stanford 
uh, they bought me, uh, well, that they got a condo also, but I stayed mostly in just the hotel they got me. <laughs> and, uh, they, uh, would, they paid amazing and, and they, you travel to every city. Every single So at the time we had three shows going, which was, uh, Raw, SmackDown, and ECW. I was a writer on Raw, but I was producing on all three shows. That's crazy, dude. So after already admitting through the rap world and out of it, now you were in the wrestling world and out of it. Why did you leave after six months? Just wrestling? Time? Yeah. I mean, wasn't, it wasn't I mean, so many reasons. To... So many reasons. It was just not, I mean, it's just not, it's an awful job. I mean, yeah. it, it's just tiring and, and I really didn't get along with too many people. Not, not angry, but I mean, I wasn't really connecting with anyone. And when you go back to a hotel room to stay, it's like, you don't have anyone to hang out with. You don't want like, to be the one yeah, fucking dude My then alone. girlfriend at the time, I would just fly her out all the time. And I, and then I just started like being like, I don't even want to fly. This is just miserable. Um, and then, you know, the sleep patterns, of, you know, taking a jet back home. We would take the private jet back home after an event. And sometimes that's like a seven-hour flight. So you would get in at like the middle of the day the next day. And not be able to... And then you wake up in the night. It's like, you know, I was taking Ambien just to live. And you so, were like one of the wrestlers. I, no, I'm not like one of the wrestlers. Yeah, but you, you were living like the same the exact fucking schedule. They would yeah. do the shows, the house shows, though. So they would do the three and then two a week. So they were doing it worse. But, you know... um, we were, I, I tend to think we were, maybe we're third tier. You know what I mean? If they're the highest, worst sacrifice, which they are, we're, we're pretty close behind. So yeah, you burn, I mean, it doesn't, burnt out fast. Burnt out after yeah, six the months, average is right. six months, so I hit the average exactly. So you made it, at least you made it. Too. Yeah, I made the average. Right. And I didn't get fired. Yeah, which yeah. is good, right? You think in, you could, you think you could go back and be like, now probably, I mean, they liked me. I mean, that wasn't a thing. I mean, uh, when I, when I, when I quit to Stephanie, uh, McMahon, who was my boss, um, she was like, uh, she was like, that's really a bummer. We re- we, we think there's a was lot. Was she cool? I loved, I, I mean, I loved working with her. Every, everyone is, in the entire company, I mean, the McMahons. I loved it, but there's people who have completely you different You hear stories. horror stories, but those are usually the wrestlers. They're not the dudes no, who like No, no, writers have stories too. Really? All right. If, if, if they don't like you, they, uh, they're not going to give you much of a chance. I think I got very lucky. I think it's so weird because of rap, I was able to buy these nice suits. So I came to WWE so you, wearing nice suits and I think Vince was like, oh, fuck. Like this kid he fucking wrote something good. Kid fucking yeah. cleans up well. Yeah, I've told the story a million times, so I'm not going to tell it. But you can find it, I'm sure, at some podcast. But I've told the story about how my first word I ever wrote on WWE was a girl was sick and we needed to come up with something, and it was supposed to be like a fake sickness. And he goes, "Anyone?" It was like my second week, and he looks around. And I go, "Labiagitis," and it was just silent because it's this hot girl, and he just goes. Yes! Put it in! <laughs> I, from were, that moment on, you know. You knew you were in. Yeah, right? and I did a lot of bits on camera. There's sometimes where I play like a, like a, a producer. When they need a producer, I would play it. We and need what, a Jew. <laughs> we need a kid who looks like he's good at money. Uh, and so I'd walk in and do like, you know, something small. And then sometimes they'd let me do something a little funny. Do you ever have to do any physicality stuff? Like, no. do you ever get oh, hit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or? One time Bradshaw, yeah, yeah. One time they had Bradshaw in a hallway and he was super mad and he was like, get out of the way! And he threw me out of the way. <laughs> um, and so, uh, one time, I was getting on the plane, which is like a, a pretty, uh, it's a pretty serious thing. It's a little overzealous in a sense that you're walking onto a man's private jet and it's you and four people. It's a it's yeah, scary kind of nutty. Yeah. And so I was walking on. And he goes, he goes, uh, I don't even know what they called me. I don't even know. They had a nickname for me. I think like little little E or something, some <laughs> stupid nickname. And he goes, good acting today. And I was like, you know, and that like that meant more than anything I, any boss I've ever had. I mean, that's the most. That was the moment where I was like. Man, that was fucking really cool. And I've been in situations with Jimmy Iovine and fucking, you know, uh, so many different raps. I, I mean, Busta Rhymes once told me he liked my rapping. It didn't mean as much as... As, as just that no. good acting today. It was awesome. I mean, and if anyone went there for anything more, they're just stupid. That's cool. Though. So it sounds like you got a good experience there. Bro. A great experience. Uh, I sent an email to Vince when I left that was like, man, this was crazy. Your family's so impressive and what an amazing thing. Just the lifestyle wasn't for me. And he wrote me back and he was like, you're going to do good. A good shit, man. Damn, that's Very huge. Cool. 
Uh, now we have you on a podcast. This is not your only podcast, sir. Correct. You are you are not new to the game. Now, no. you started doing a show called Hype Man. Hype Man, yeah. Uh, about a year ago, was it? Or we did a two we years did a we did uh we did fifty episodes. So uh, now we're, we would probably be at sixty five. So how did hype man come ago. about? How did it go away? Uh, how did it? Yeah, we, it was we, really well received. It was well received. Yeah, we were Rolling well Stones received. top ten funniest podcast. I mean, dude, that's yeah, fucking pretty crazy. Um, the fact that you hung it up is kind of <laughs> well, it's weird. We we were also we were like named top ten funniest things to watch with like Hannibal Burris, you know. So it was that's really crazy. Nuts. No, yeah. And it was based on these ideas that these two kids, Jeff and Eric Rosenthal, have this website called It's the Real dot com, and they do hip hop sketch comedy. And I was basically writing for them a little on the side, getting them some celebrities to put in their bits, um, and helping them career wise. And we would talk on the phone. And we would talk for like two hours about hip hop and it was funny and it was like witty and it was like no one else is talking like this about Rick Ross or about things. And so we were like, uh, and I came up with the idea we should do a podcast where we just do this. And, and we, you know, did it out of nowhere. And so we'd have on guests. We had on Just Blaze and we had on, we had on comedian. We either had like a comedian or a hip hop guy. So we would have on Just Blaze one week and we would have on Paul Shear the next <laughs> door. And it was very funny and it was, it was a but good show. But always talking about hip hop though. Always. Super nerdum. Like very, we never even In really detail. Straight. Yeah. Like we had crazy. on like a track and we've had on huge people. And we would just talk to them about like going so deep into their like we had Bun B from UGK. I mean, we would get super deep with these guys. And um, so we started to really take off and it was getting a bunch of downloads and we, we, we really started to blow up. And yet we live on different coasts. So I was traveling for work so much to New York that we would record it in person. And it was like this. It and you felt, were banking how many at a time? Like, oh, we would do about 15 in two days. That's insane. I remember you telling me that from a trip once. So like, crazy. I just recorded a 30 podcast. Yeah, we would do it in, it, we would do like 15 in two days every time. And it, we may want to kill ourselves, but it was good because then we don't have to worry about it. And the shows were amazing because we're all in person. So we started recording them over Skype and it just never felt right. And it was like they weren't as funny and they just, it just wasn't right. And so Jeff and Eric got a deal at, um, at mtv.com okay, to do cool. video content. And then I was already talking to Kevin about, uh, starting a podcast over or moving it over or something, sure, doing something yeah. different to Sir. And, uh, I, and then I realized, oh my God, I'm going to be recording with people again. And it was, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, I wish we go. And it was just like, let's put it on hiatus. So we don't know if it's ever coming back. We did a small reunion on, on, uh, get up on this two weeks ago. Um, and we'll, maybe, you know, it's never, it's not dead forever. It's but not dead. So yeah. The, the feed is still alive. Keep still subscribed. Alive. You still might alive. get a surprise at one some day. Point. Yeah. Hopefully they'll move to LA one day. But that did lead to your new podcast, which is your, called your up, gig right get now. Get on this, up this. Get up this, on on. It's called Get, get up, up this, get on, up on, on on. Yeah. Uh, get up on this. It's a show here on on the Sir Network, and it's uh, the idea is is that um, you know I've always found myself sort of telling people what to like. You know, like you should listen to this dude or get into this or you know I told Kevin about Turntable FM before anything, so he was like, oh shit, he's right. That's so crazy that he knows those things. And so this is a show where we will clue people in on things that they might not know about. Not everything is like you know ten minutes ago from a kid in Harlem, but a lot of stuff will be about Attack the Block. I mean, we were talking about Attack the Block two months ago when it was in just theaters in LA and now it's starting to open up in Minnesota and all these different big. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so now it's starting to find itself in other places and, and we're kind of the first place for people to learn about that. We talked about a movie called Take Shelter last week, which uh, is going to be incredible. See, I don't know that. Yeah, See, yeah, and, right? and that's but I will, I'm sure I will. will. Right. Yeah. So it's those kind of things where, where we just sort of clue you in on something a little early. See, I wish I had something like that. As like, a kid. I just found out I what know. girl talk was like yesterday and I was very dismayed <laughs> Made by yeah. the concept of it, we would have told. I would have told you about that two years ago. Am I wrong in, in being bummed out? I did a tweet popular? once. I got a tweet once that I think maybe even Girl Talk may have retweeted. But I said, uh, "Going to see Girl Talk tonight. I hope he plays the four thousand songs I know." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of insane. Like I watched, I just watched that Morgan Spurlock show on Hulu. Oh, he did it right. He did a show. He with just them. did yeah. that. Uh, who yeah. do you? 
I forget. It's what like following him for a day. They followed someone for a day. They did Richard Branson and Will I Am. They're yeah. getting it started good, but they're it's, petering down a little bit. Yeah. Russell Peters, who I wasn't aware of and don't want to be aware of after watching the show, mm. not a cool guy. Uh, <laughs> The, but this girl talk thing, like they were at Coachella and there's fucking kids going nuts. I've been to shows. I, we, Adult fun? Swim hired him for Comic Con. We went. I loved it. I, I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not, when it comes to DJing, I'm definitely not an elitist. Like I'm definitely not an See, elitist. I don't know anything from DJ because I'm a fucking fish head. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, dude with a laptop seems like cheating almost. Well, I was. I was a super, I was a DJ. My, my, my eighth grade turn graduation table, like gift was turntables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah my yeah. eighth grade graduation gift was turntables and a setup and everything. And, um, I was super into it and did parties growing up and, um, and then when, when Serato came out, which is the program that basically alleviates Everyone. everything. Yeah. It, I was sort of like, oh, that sounds so shitty. And then a couple months later, I heard like Cut Chemist from Jurassic 5 was using it and Questlove was using it. And, and it started to be like, well, why, why is it shitty? So I started to look into it and I was like, this isn't shitty at all. I just don't have to bring records. <laughs> and, I mean, it sounds so great. This is the greatest thing ever. I mean, um, and now people just travel with, with computers. Um, you know, some things that are a little weird is like, okay, how much is he actually doing live? I mean, is he just playing his I mixes? I see him dancing a hell of a lot. <laughs> so I don't know if, like, listen. Is the is is the is I, it just an iTunes shuffle? Like, I'm not mad at it. Like, but even it puts I had on a fun. show though, right? Exactly, it's is, a show, and it's a, a lot of my time? friends. Exactly, a lot of my friends who started as hip hop DJs have went on to become millionaires of being these club DJs. From someone like DJ Vice, who he came up on Power 106 out here and was a hip hop. He he was like one of us. I mean, he was he was one of Hot Carl's DJs at one point. Like he's a millionaire. Like he he has a Vegas deal worth millions of dollars, and he DJs. Off of Serato. You can't argue with DJ Vice's history. You can't argue with DJ AM's history before he passed. He was using Serato. I mean, you know, uh, they all paid their dues. See, I just need someone to teach me this so I can appreciate it. That's well, why I mean, listen, there's some people I can argue, you know, um, you know, it's a little weird. The biggest DJ in the world, uh, basically is Dead Mouse, this guy, but I've heard of that. But guy. beyond yeah, him yeah. is, beyond him, probably second tier right now is this guy named Skrillex, who is, uh, from a pop punk band. And, he was like the drummer, I think. And he's now DJing and he's getting huge. hundreds of thousands of dollars a gig. Like humongous. Like he has a record deal and it's just this huge. So that starts to make you a little bit go, oh shit, is everyone DJing? You know, Paris Hilton <laughs> announced that she's going to try to be the world's biggest house DJ. Really? Like that kind of shit to it's me. It's like the podcasting world. Everyone's it, I mean, fucking podcasting and DJing. But sadly worse because at least you have to bring some stuff here. Uh, if you're a house DJ and you, you're, you know, and you, we Laptop. can tell you're talentless, it's basically a setup mix. Yeah. And you just maybe mess with some knobs every once in a while. So, you know, I, listen, I have a lot of fun. If a DJ, if a DJ makes me excited and makes me dance, I'm not going to elitist and sit there and be like, he should use records. In other cool things I would never fucking hear of. I don't want to take shit away from your show, but, but <laughs> because I have a, a no, super please. geeky audience, like I don't think I, I'm not making any judgments, but like the, you might know about some stuff that, that me and sure. some cats who listen to this show might not know about because we're all comic books and movies and I'm not paying attention. We talk about comic books sometimes. Totally. We, talk, we talk about Morning Glories. What, what's the big, what's like, give me some big, big things coming up, man, that, that are going to Like not underground, huge. some big things. Um, I think this movie takes shelter and uh, I mean, there's some movies I'm actually seeing Drive tonight. That which the Paul I'm not Paul Walker. Uh, uh, Gosling and Albert. Yeah, Brooks. with the pink. It's got a pink logo on the poster. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Like, it, it's real throwback uh, most likely going to be most likely going to be a, a best picture nominee, and then Albert Brooks hopefully for best supporting actor. But like a movie like Take Shelter or Drive or Forty uh, or Fifty Fifty. Uh, the Seth Rogen cancer Jonathan movie. Levine movie right? Yeah, and yeah. so like those kind of things to me are all like you know a lot of the focus it's coming out of summer, so people were focused on Captain America and Thor and a lot more um, script driven stuff. Uh, so that'll be a good 
what is it, three weeks basically of films coming out, considering that you had to put up with Bucky Larson this week. Um, I did not put up with Bucky Larson. You know who did put up with Bucky Larson? Eight people per showing. No fucking way. How much did it, did it really, how much did it uh, make? Like one, less, two, one point wow. two. Wow, eight people per showing. Because it, it's 1,500 theaters. It went on 1,500 yeah. screens? Eight people in each theater. Jeez. It's one of the lowest per theaters for 1,500. And Swarsden and fucking Peter Dante were two of those people. Is that a Billy Madison? It's Happy Madison, yeah. I, Bummers. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Bummers. I, and what freaked me out, not freaked me out, but I was like, this seems unwise. It basically looks like the Spade movie where yeah. his parents Dickie were Roberts. famous, yeah, it's the same except thing. with porn yeah, and Swarsden, who's less funny and likable for the American <laughs> movie-going uh, audience. Yeah, no, I, I, not a good movie. Not, <laughs> not, did you see? Did you, did no, you no, no, partake no. In I would Bucky? not want to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> Contagion no, looks fucking cool. Contagion though. looks cool. I mean, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, Music-wise, I mean, uh, I usually stay pretty hip-hop, which is uh, groups like Odd Future or. Uh, they're gonna be huge, right? Yeah. Well, Machine Gun Kelly is really gonna be the biggest. See, I don't, uh, bigger than bigger than Tyler and all those kids. Yes. I think Machine Gun you Kelly Matt is... Cruz. Machine Gun Kelly is, is totally truth. marketable. He's going to be fantastic. And he can rap his ass off. So that's A my Black pick. kid, white kid? He's from... White kid. White kid? From or? Cleveland, and he loves Cleveland. Get the fuck out He's of like here. He's like the Drew Carey of loving of, Cleveland. Of, of loving Cleveland. No, he looks like every other white rapper. He's tattooed up and skinny and, and uh, talks a bit urban but black. But good flow, though. Amazing. Like... Incredible, speedy, very Busta Rhymes influenced. Uh, and, I mean, he's so... I mean, it's so underground to a point right now where... Everyone's trying to work with him. He, he did a, a flash mob thing where he told fans to come see him at a mall in Cleveland and they had to shut down the mall. He, wow. was, he was arrested. That was like the DJ thing on Hollywood Boulevard. Exactly. Someone I never and heard that of. that culture's huge. That guy's yeah. super famous too, yeah, right? super famous. Um, so that kind of thing is what you're seeing with this guy, Machine Gun Kelly out of Cleveland. So you'll see that. And we had him, uh, we didn't have him on the show yet, but we, we played him on the show last week. So I think he's, he's going to be the real deal. He'll, and he'll be up there with like the kind, like he'll be on MTV I think so. and shit. Yeah, like I think fucking. He's, he's your next big bet. But okay. you know, people will say Mac Miller and, and Odd Future and stuff and, and they will have little burns, but I think someone like Machine Gun Kelly is going to probably be your new Kanye breakout. What about artists, man? Uh, as far as art, you know, I, 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 usually, you have, you, you got, you have a lot of artists that I love that you yeah. constantly have their work. Yeah. Though, I promote a like. lot. I mean, I promote who's, who's here a lot. So I always say, you know, someone like Scott C or, or Alex Pardee or some of these guys that, that have been here a long time, but there's people outside too. I love Josh Keys, which is, uh, we haven't talked about him on the show yet, but, um, he's an amazing artist, incredible painter. Um, and Martin Whitfoot, who's someone we don't show here much either. He's been in a couple group shows, but he shows at other galleries and I love his work as well. Do you ever buy art from your own show? Very rarely. Probably twice a year, once a year. Like, are you, are you, because you're surrounded by so much cool I'm shit. I'm here all day man. though. Like how do yeah. you, yeah. I don't, you know, it's like when people, when porn stars like say that they don't like having sex in their real lives. I don't necessarily like having art, art in, in my real life. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, that's how I justify myself not having sex with porn stars. Is, is that? I make up the story that they don't like having you're sex. Like they wouldn't want to have yeah, they, why would they want to do that? Yeah. No, me, not even me. They wouldn't want to have sex with Brad Pitt. Don't yeah. even they fucking... don't want a personal life. Oh, that, sex. That's how it makes it okay. Yeah, yeah. they wouldn't want. I no. like that you go Brad Pitt. I once mm-hmm. hit on a lesbian, and I didn't know she was a lesbian, and then I found out later, and I was like, she would have said no to Brad Pitt. Yeah, she would have. Brad Pitt's always the defining thing to make yourself feel better as a dude. Yeah, or Bucky Larson, or Bucky Larson, yeah, either right? one of those two. All Bucky and all eight of his friends. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So, so, um, any, anything, uh, we got art, we got movies, we got music. Oh, um, it's music. What else do we talk about? We talk about comic books a lot. I've been reading. What about clothing lines? Are you up in, are you into that? Yeah. I mean, I, you were at the Back to the Future release thing. I was, yeah. How was that? It man? was amazing. We're going to detail it tomorrow okay, on our show so, on Tuesday. So but, but it's very, it was very fun. Seeing the shoe was crazy and, and the things that went on. The guy who's actually, we have on the show, which will be too late when it gets up, but we have, uh, this week, uh, Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory, 
who was actually at the event with me. We didn't know we were going together, but we're obviously going to. Oh, break so down you're both going to tell it. tell our stories. Uh, but someone did buy the shoe for thirty seven. I saw a rapper that I never heard of, and the fact that I don't call him a rapper. He's like an, a singer, but Teeny Tempe. Like yeah. you, and that's we'll, we'll get into the the links in a minute. But like I follow your Twitter, dude. A, you're, you're hilarious Thank on you. there. But B, you know about so many fucking people and things. It's insane. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, <laughs> I just wish I wish there was something I wanted to do in the medical field or something. Astrophysics. Here's someone. Said, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know why I picked this as my sort of thing to know about. It's a little but, embarrassing. But you're doing well at it, man. And, yeah. And like I, your dad said, never turn down an know, opportunity. An offer, but right? it's crazy, you know, with, with uh, pop culture, it's like I really, I've been that person my whole life. So, um, like a lot of people probably assume that like I'm like an elitist and like I, you know, like there's this rock band called Woo Life that's big right, like coming up. It's like the new Grizzly Bear, a new kind of hot indie uh, rock group. And like as soon as Woo Life gets popular, I'm going to be like, I don't like them anymore. I'm actually the exact opposite. Like as a kid, I loved Boy George and like I loved <laughs> Paul Abdul. Like I like pop culture because I like knowing what's popular. So I'm not necessarily going to buy a Lady Gaga record, but I have to know about that stuff because it's important to me and who I am. So. And you're not dis- and and you're not dismissive of of something just because it's popular. No, no, I just, just don't what, like things uh, that suck. Uh, you know, like Creation, I didn't really like. Don't know what that is. Don't, or popular. Felt like I don't need. Did, no, I saw shouldn't. a picture of her, yeah. and I was like, I don't need to explore that. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't need to. Um, so that's the thing is like because it'll be gone forever, right? Yeah, I like the one song exactly. There's a great one song, and I was it was a hit, and I liked listening to it a couple times, and like I was the, like the black and yellow thing, like it's yeah. catchy, but without going too deep into it, I won't affect my life because that dude. Unfortunately, probably, you'll see he was a little more. He's gonna stick a little more. Yeah, he's not gonna disappear completely. Uh, but yeah, he's got to do green and purple. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he'll stick around for a little bit, not too long. But like someone like Krajan, you're never going to hear from again. So, I, I mean, we kind of, we tell you that on the show too, which is like, oh, well, you probably will never hear about that person again. So you got to pick <laughs> pick and choose that you want to you Yeah, and then we about, also do right? a feature on the show where we, we call Real Late Up on this, which is just the idea that maybe we don't know everything and we missed something. Like, like what's the last big, what's the something you missed? I just started watching Breaking Bad. All right, yeah, that's kind of that's like five, four years too late. Yep. Yeah, and that, but I also, but I mean, we're but you t- knew about it. It wasn't yeah. like what yeah. the fuck I'd is breaking. Watch, I'd actually watch the, the dad from Malcolm in yeah. the Middle. Why like, is he on drugs? No, yeah. um, no, I, 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 uh, I knew about the show. I'd watched the pilot, and I knew it was great. I just didn't have time. And then uh, this week, we're going to talk about it on the show as well because it came on Netflix Instant this week, which to me almost makes it. Re, you know, it's reborn. You know, you can watch them all it for free. It gives everything a new so life. So I think that uh, is sort of to get up on. You know, the idea that now they're putting all of Breaking Bad on, on Instant Watch. Um, so I've started. I'm and it also helps that, that you can get up on shit as a fan. Like, yeah. let's say I didn't see Breaking Bad. I, I could watch it right now. Yeah. Back in the day, if someone recommended oh. something cool to you, you have to, like, physically go to a store and yeah. hope they had it. And yeah, it, or, or it'd have to draw every scene for you and then do, like, a flip book. Yes, yeah, and you'd I mean, have to do the voices I hated and shit. doing that, yeah. And it, wasn't, was it, wasn't, it was fun, but it wasn't that great. <laughs> I wasn't good at drawing. That was the first half of Hot Carl's career. Yeah. <laughs> just flip book. He would rap over flip books. Yeah. Well, that was my music video. Of TV shows. Yeah. My music that. video was Take On Me by AHA. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just the flip book. Just over you ra- it. rapping yeah. over it. Over rap. No, not even the music. Just the video. They're <laughs> just, just, yeah. just straight the video. Video was yeah, a rap yeah. song. Yeah, it was just it was the video. Spoke, was it based. spoke for itself. Spoke, it was it was take on me. <laughs> yeah, it was take on. Me. Uh, where can we? So, folks, everyone can listen to get up on this. You guys are Tuesdays. We're Tuesdays live uh, most of the time. Majority of the time, we're live at one p.m. Pacific, four p.m. Eastern. Smodcast.com, Stitcher, exactly. And then you can get it at all times on Smodcast.com or on iTunes just by searching get up on this. And and you guys, you're like seven or eight. How many episodes deep? I think coming up we've had on um you know we had on mike shinoda of lincoln park we had on uh 
um, Jonah Ray from the Nerdist podcast. We had on Jenny Molin, which was, I think, a really funny podcast of an actress who's been on a bunch of things you've seen admitting her jealousy um, of ex-girlfriends of her husband, Jason Biggs. Oh, that's awesome. And she just admits like all these crazy stalker things she's done, which is great. And we had a very popular podcast um, that ended up getting us uh, on uh, Split Sider's top 10 of the week, which was awesome. But it was me and Jesse Thorne from uh, Public Radio. From San Young America. Who's so great. Who's, who's, just who's a genius. one of the first person I ever heard do a podcast and who's also... The other person you'd least expect to be so into fucking hip hop knows a lot. Knows a lot. Yeah, me and him. So I think we're battling for like nerdiest, nerdiest rap guy. Yeah, we're 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 kind of the go-to guys. He might win, and because of that, you win. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, you know what? We have our focuses. He wears a suit a lot. I mean, he wears he dresses like a plantation. He's a dapper dude. Dresses like a plantation owner. If he had a mint julep, you'd be like, that makes sense. Uh, Jesse, uh, we did a, we did a podcast where we just broke down every song from the Watch the Throne album. So Jay-Z and Kanye, we felt people needed to know what songs to download and which ones not to. And so, uh, we had on Bun B from UGK, who'd done songs with Jay-Z, like Big Pimpin', and we had on 88 Keys, who produced a song on the Jay-Z record, and, um, that was really popular and great. And so with Jesse, I think he knows, we, I think we battle in what we know most about. I think he, I can never beat him in San Francisco, crunk, uh, hi-fi music like he destroy he knows so much about hi-fi music that i almost think he should physically change his name to like e40 junior um and then i on the other hand if you want to mess with like east coast 90s early horror core you know like a hardcore you know uh epmd insanity uh that's that's me so the two of you together can, when, when your powers combine you create the ultimate white rap nerd yeah we're, we're we do battle we with with bun b i think we were trying to figure out who bun thought was nerdier because he knows both of us so i was sort of like who would you think and he's like i don't know man jesse dress is ridiculous <laughs> i mean that's i see i went right to that too yeah. you go to the how that dude he has dresses. a fashion blog does he really? Yeah, he has a fashion. Is it all like just links from Brooks Brothers and shit? Yeah, it's like, like boutonnieres and like <laughs> like what cufflinks and stuff. He um he's a genius and and he uh we're gonna do it again. Like when there's another cool. hip hop record that we that we need to dissect. We'll we'll get back. You'll together break it down again. We'll, we'll bring the nerdy Voltron back. So for anyone who hasn't checked out the show yet, that definitely sounds like a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, if you want to learn about the Jay Z and Kanye record and you want to hear us tangent, it's very comedy based. So if you want to hear that, that's how you do it. Right you on. can follow me on Twitter. That's at all what I was gonna time. say. Yeah, where can we find you yeah, on Twitter? It's Jensen Clan with a C. Because I'm not racist, so it's Jensen C L A N eighty eight, and uh, I do tons of offensive jokes on there. And then if you just want to follow um, the show, it's just get up on Jensen, and that's really what you follow when you're watching the show. It's the way you find clips and stuff. Is that, and that's how you communicate live sometimes with yeah, with yeah. We talk live during, during the show, show. And, and real in real life we talk so fast. Like we'll be like, and then check out this Machine Gun Kelly video, and like, and then you're on to the next thing. You fucking an hour yeah. later, so the way, so. and then not only that, you're watching, you know, you're listening to it two weeks later. You can just go to the feed and find that date. And just click through all the links of every video we talk about or every oh, song. Oh, so you provide links and songs and very cool Through so that Twitter feed. It's yeah. an interactive show. Jensen, yep. thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, man. By, I appreciate Stopping by. It. You fucking own this place. No, so you own it now. I've given it to me? you. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, that's what the podcast Once is Once we do about. a podcast, we pass on the ownership. This is my podcast called Career Switch. I'm never doing a podcast with anyone else again. <laughs> I'm just going to take all this art and go home. Yeah. Unfortunately, you've done it with Katie Morgan. So yeah, you're going to be having sex with men. So, yeah, uh, Jensen Carp, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. And folks, you can always find me on Twitter. You know the place. We'll do Pimp Corner in a minute. But I want to thank Jensen. Uh, check out Gallery 1988 if you're in the Los Angeles or Venice area of Los Angeles. As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks at Smodcast.com, Smodcast Network, and Golden Apple Comics. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go... I don't know what I'm going to go do. I'm going to look at some art. I'm going to, I'm going to be classy. I'm going to, I'm going to get up on some new stuff. I'm going to listen to some art. I'm going to make some music. I'm going to go find some kid freestyling. You might want to, here's the thing I'm going to tell you, just as the guy who has the show, you might want to make the art and listen to the music. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. And on, on, 
on that helpful tip, I'm Matt Cohen. It's been Bagged and Boarded. It's been real. What? Bagged and Boarded. Live. Up oh, here I am. How's it going, folks? Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Bagged and Boarded. It was a good one. I want to thank our buddy Jensen for uh, taking the time to sit down and chat. As you might have noticed, he wasn't uh, fronting about Gallery 198 being a small space. That echo is because uh, that's what happens when you do a podcast in a tiny square room with glass walls on most of it. So uh, learn your lesson. Live in love, but it was still a good one. And to follow Jensen on Twitter, you can check him out at JensenClan with a C88. Or to follow the galleries, check those out at Galleries1988. And again, check out his new uh, Smodcast Network show that airs live on Smodcast Internet Radio every Tuesday. Get up on this where he tells you about all the newest things y'all should know about. Now, if you want to follow me on Twitter for some fucking reason... Uh, check me out at Cameltoad, C-A-M-E-L-T-O-A-D. Go to my website, Cameltoad Productions. I started, uh, blogging this new thing called Podcast 101 where I give out some, some basic tips on how to podcast, which you should really listen to after hearing the echo that runs through this entire episode because I obviously know what the fuck I'm talking about. But again, uh, content folks. That was really funny. As was Jensen. Jensen was a little more funny, but, uh, I was, I was letting him, letting him have it. You know what I mean? I'm a nice guy like that. Uh, Please check out more stories, and as always, all the other Smodcast Network podcasts and Fred Entertainment podcasts as well. Go to goldenapplecomics.com and check out Golden Apple of Comics if you're in the L.A. area for all your comic bookery needs. Ladies and gentlemen, I will see you next time. Have yourselves a fucking fantastic week. Have a picnic, even if you weren't planning on it. There you go. Bye. Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.